Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Growth to Greatness podcast. I'm here with my dear friend, partner, and so many other things, <laughs> Kennedy Rogers, founder and CEO of K Executive, and I'm here to talk with her about her journey. Yeah. I think we haven't hit greatness yet because Not yet. Your, your greatness <laughs> marker is probably way higher than right. most people's. Right. But uh, but we're definitely on that growth pattern. So thank yeah. you for for coming. For I really sure. appreciate Thanks it. Thanks awesome. for having me, Paul. Hell yeah, hell yeah. For sure, really. So I want to get right into this because right, I've been excited it. to talk to you, genuinely curious yeah. to talk to you and pick your brain about your journey, not just as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. but as a person and as someone that uh, recognizes the value of hard work and recognizes the ups and downs that are necessary to get to where you want to go. And, yeah, and sure. uh, I think a lot of people will appreciate and can learn, uh, being that you're only 22 and have gone through so much can <laughs> learn, uh, yeah. from some of your, uh, triumphs and also some of your, you know, challenges as well. For sure. So to kick it off, I guess the first thing would be, uh, kind of tell take me back to when it first began for you, this whole idea of, of entrepreneurship. When did you realize, when did you know that this was the path that you wanted to go and, and yeah. start off from, from, from where maybe it was your family or any of that yeah. origin, uh, stuff that you can tell me, uh, for, for why and how. And all yeah. So I think I, I need to start by taking it back, uh, to high school. Okay. I think high school was a really, it was a really big period for me to notice like what I'm capable of. So a little bit about me, I played college basketball growing up. I played basketball all throughout, like as a kid, yeah. right? All throughout high school, through college. And I think really understanding what I could handle at that age of being, you know, 16. Um, I was at the time I was on a very high prestigious AAU team. Um, I played high school basketball and I worked a full-time job, wow. a full-time job. Um, and I didn't have to. And I what think was the job that you worked? Panera Bread was my first job. Okay. Yeah, Panera Bread. Still love it's that. Challenging job. Yeah. Challenging job. So I, I think it was, it, I mean, it was challenging. I mean, I was, I actually started off going to private school uh, and then I transferred to West Orange High School. So I'm from Orlando, grew up there, went there, and I worked at 5 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know, you tell me another 15, 16 year old getting up at 5 a.m., you know, working at 2 o'clock and then goes and play, you know, a two and a half hour game, right? And has like 25 points, right? Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that is where character was built is in those times. And I felt like as much as I worked, I, I pushed myself to the capacity. I mean, I was working five, six days a week. Yeah. Yeah. And I just loved it. It, it was nothing. I mean, I was getting paid maybe $8 an hour, but it, it was the capacity to do more, right? So while everyone's just going, you know, going to school, I actually didn't go to school. I finished early. Um, and so wow. I did a little bit of homeschool, was getting ready for college and stuff like that the capacity to just do more than what yeah. was required. Cause I didn't have to, this was a total choice. Yeah. Um, and I, it was something that I was just in love with the grind, you know, getting up, having a schedule. Even you, then you were in love with the grind. Even then, like, wow. you know, my, you know, my calendar, right? I, know your calendar. I can ask my friends, they're like, dude, you've been like this since high school. Like wow. they're not surprised that my calendar still looks a mess and yeah. it's all crazy and chaotic. Um, but it's organized for you. Right. It's and organized it's good for to, me. It's and just, it's, it's a lot. Right. To the normal person, they're yeah. like, how the, yeah. you know, how the H-E double hockey six do you do this? Yeah. yeah. Um, but to me, I'm like, this is no different than that's what it right. was in high school. Right. And it's that, yeah. that muscle that you're building in the process is that's, I feel like how I'm able to sustain that amount of work because I've built that muscle up to work, you know, 14 hours a day or 12 hours a day or the, whatever it takes. It's an obsession. Right. It's an obsession. I, I, and and you've about, had yeah. to, you have to build the muscle right to someone yeah. that works eight hours you know starting a business and working 14 hours is crazy yeah right but for someone that's been doing that and doing stages of that building yeah. that muscle mass up into that 
then it makes sense. Yeah, we related on that. Uh, remember when uh, we talked about uh, the 12 to 15 hour days yeah. and then having to go when I was first starting my company doing Uber at night and yep. then getting up again and then somewhere trying to la- trying to eat, yeah. trying to <laughs> somewhere, maybe yeah. go to the gym, maybe yeah, exactly. you know, do have a life. No, exactly. it's crazy. Yeah. But I, I wonder if, because high school is where you, you knew it, but I wonder if before yeah. high school, something was developed. You had to have yeah. seen it. We're, we're creatures, we do what we see. Yeah. And I think at a young age, go back four, five, six years old, yeah. seven. Can you remember anything that may have given that to you yeah. to actually act out on it in high school? Because you don't yeah. love the grind all of a sudden. I feel right. like there was yeah. something you may have seen from your parents, maybe yeah. um, something like that, that you can think of. Or, or what was that trigger? Because there's a trigger of that. But it could be yeah. innate. I don't know. No, for sure. That's a really good question. So I think of two things, right? I think of first my grandpa. So my okay. grandpa, he was an entrepreneur. Little, I didn't know that was the term. Right. Uh, you <laughs> just knew his I just character. knew that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, we called him Poppy. I knew my Poppy worked all day. Uh-huh. And I would have vivid memories. I, I remember going to my Poppy's house um, in my Grammy's house. And I would just remember, I actually hate, I didn't want to hug him because he was sweaty. Mm-hmm. He was so freaking sweaty from work. And at the time, he owned an ice cream business. Super profitable ice cream business, actually, by the way. Um, but it was insane to see the amount of work and tenacity, you know, from working working on the truck all day on the ice cream truck by himself, making money, collecting, you know, dollar here, quarters here from kids, and then coming back and just being a dad, right? So I think that really kind of stems to my vision of, like, working hard. Mm-hmm. At the time, like I said, I didn't know it was being an entrepreneur. I just associated that with hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing I would think of... Um, is my dad, you know, like my dad's a professional golfer and just seeing, I think the grind in him as well. Um, not necessarily entrepreneur, um, but still, you know, to play at a professional level, uh, and compete at a professional level takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of hustle. And I remember like going to the golf course with my dad and he sucked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He sucked. Yeah. He sucked. It was, uh, the very beginning, um, of his career. And I just remember like him just doing it. Yeah. Right. Like after everything. And I think even thinking about my experience with sports, like pushing me to that next level. I remember at some point uh, during middle school, I was, you know, when you're a little kid, you're good. And then it's like, OK, you're stepping up a notch. And then like just before high school, like stuff starts to get really serious. Mm. And I remember my dad used to just wake me up at like 5 a.m. to go running. See, Absolutely I knew it. Hated and that's it. where your 5 a.m. and everything was. Yeah. That, See, so he but just, it started there. And how old were you there? Five, uh, oh, I was younger. I was See, like, I was like, what? In seventh grade, I was about twelve or thirteen. So he. So even before work. Yeah, that was before right, work. Right. So just, that's where that. Yeah. I think work ethic. And I think basketball. Came. Basketball taught me a lot um, about like what's required, uh, because you don't just show up on game day, right? Right. You, yeah. It takes practice, and train. it takes practice outside of practice, because you've got to practice with your team. You've got to know the plays. You've got to, you know, know how to set screens. You've got to know how to do all the basketball, the, the technical. But for me, I was a shooter. So I can't just go to practice and run plays and not get shots up. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was the practice with the team. And then there's I didn't need to do my own practice. Right. Right. So I had shooting coaches, all type of strength and conditioning coaches. But it's it's like I said, it's, it's building that endurance mm-hmm. to really sustain, you know, high levels of production. I mean, yeah. there was so many times I I remember my mom. Oh, my gosh. I would, in middle school, I would have a game. I, I was way ahead of my generation at that time. I would have a game, and then I would go to training after the game. Wow. Yeah. My mom forced me, but it built that muscle 
to where I am today where I can do stuff that I, I didn't imagine because I yeah. think in a middle school, you had a 25 point game, you go home, you have you know, maybe twisty tree, have some ice cream and you just chill. I literally went to training Yeah. after a game, yeah. a full game. Yeah. So, so you, um, you know now the role that your parents played in it, Yeah. but you played your own role in it because you learned right. how to maintain that mechanism right. down the line. Right. Is it because you realize the value of it where you just, what made you be in love with that grind, with that yeah. obsession? Because I think, and let me tell you why I asked this, because mm -hmm. I interview a bunch of people and, you know, I talk to a lot of founders right. and, you know, how we randomly met and uh, how we've been working together for a while. And I think uh, a lot of people, they don't, they feel uncomfortable talking about the level of obsession and grind <laughs> and dedication and yeah. hours and sacrifice and stuff that you have to do to carve out your own life right. for the slim chance of making it. Like there's yeah. no guarantee. Ain't, you know, yeah. I just uh, saw a statistic that 10% of all companies starting in a year ever reach a million dollars in revenue. Wow. And only 1% of those 10% ever surpass 10 million in their lifetime. Wow. And so when you look at these companies that are not just fluff funded and are just doing their own businesses and are actually generating decent revenue. Right. These truly are systemized great businesses. And right. when you look at every single founder, they have this similar story. Yeah. But what you don't know is why. Right. Why do you do it? Why does it matter? Why yeah. why really love question. the 5 a.m.? Why yeah. love the work? You know, yeah. I know it for me, mm -hmm. but I want to know it for you because it's different for everybody, yeah. I think, right? So why do I love the work? Uh, why do I love the grind? Um, it's a really good question. Why do I love it? Uh, it's a hard question. It's because, a really hard question. Because I think there's um, a lot you, you love about it, but there's a thing that moves you, that, that, yeah. that gets you to go. Or yeah. is it just the training so mechanism? I think it's, it? so I believe in how you do one thing is how you do anything. Okay. So I, I totally believe that even if I was an entrepreneur, I'd still be structured. I'd still do, still get up at 5 a.m. I'd still work out. Um, I think it's a part of it is just that's how I was kind of raised into that grind. Mm -hmm. um, but I also, of course, there's the financial part, right? Like, you know, building a business, exiting and, you know, having seeing that payday. Um, but I think for me, it's like finding the purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, finding the purpose of what am I supposed to be doing? What's my calling? Mm -hmm. um, and really listening to that. I think that, unfortunately, I think purpose is found through pain. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that once you're on that journey, you realize what your purpose is. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it's it's all about finding purpose. And I think it's all about making an impact um, and just getting to the top. You know, that's that's always where I've envisioned myself um, and always where I want it to be. And so I know the steps I need to take. And I know that you know, trying to shortcut the grind is not going to be an answer either. Um, and so it's really staying the course, even, you know, when it feels hard, when it feels like, Hey, you know, I made 10 K a month, like maybe I can chill. Um, you know, I know that's, that's not where I'm going to live. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just that stepping stone and that, that high you get, okay, I've did 10. Now I want to do 15. Now I want to do 25, you know, now 50. And so it's that high of like, okay, I did it. You know, it's, yeah. it's a sense of a little bit of a fulfillment, not about more so the money, but that you did it. So when you think about business growth and you think about the money markers, the revenue markers, right. and you think about, cause I love that you said that, and I believe that knowing yeah. you, I believe that 
you would be the way you are, whether you were doing a business or not, which yeah. is why you're doing a business because the way that you are deserves to be done with a business because right. you would literally be too much for any corporate position. I think you would yeah. just, too outspoken. you would just be way yeah. too fast, way too yeah. much for anyone to be able to control what you want. And right. Then any of your bosses would be afraid for their jobs. I think because they'd, they'd be like, "Oh, she's coming for my yeah, I'm coming for oh, buddy." No, you know, and then Kenny yeah. rides to the ranks. Uh, but when you look at the the accomplishment piece of it, money is important. I feel like yeah. sometimes people, you know, it's it's pain, it's it's uh, purpose through pain. But how important is the money? Yeah, how important is the money to you? Is is it as an entrepreneur who's extremely young but dedicated to the craft of succeeding in the grit right. and the grind how important is the money i don't think it's that important i think reasonably i think we both said this before like once you make 25k a month 10k a month right i mean mm -hmm. if you're a business owner let's let's push it 25 yeah but as a someone that works a nine to five job 10k is plenty right and so i think for me it's not about the money but it's about who i am becoming mm along my way to trying to get this thing. I'm just going to say it's a thing um, because I don't have like a certain revenue goal. I'm like, okay, when I get this, then I'll be successful. I've, I've destroyed that thinking in entrepreneurship, the, the if this, then that. Mm. Um, and so for me, I think it's who I'm becoming as, okay, you know, when I hit 10K a month on this, but when you hit 25K a month, you're typically a different person, mm -hmm. right? Because how you get to 10 doesn't mean that's how you're going to get to 25. And so on and so forth, yes. Correct. And so, you know, a $25 million CEO doesn't look the same as a $100 million CEO, yeah. right? And so I think for me, it's it's understanding, you know, who I'm becoming. You know, mm -hmm. this is, I told you this is funny. Uh, today is year one, right, of K-Executive. Yeah. Oh, yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. On the day of the podcast. I know, it's awesome. not funny. Uh, wow, and so cool. I even think, you know, money aside. And you aside, survived a year. It's I know. I, you know, I think money aside, this is the first year, you know, you always take on less yeah. than what you've ever done. Yes, yes. Uh, and oh I think gosh, even looking amazing. at myself yeah. a year ago, right? like I'm so different. Yeah, the person you're becoming. The person I've been, like money yeah. aside, the person I became during that time is insane. Yeah. And I, I do it all over again. I, I, yeah. I do it all over again yeah. just so I could see it again and see even, I think what's even crazy to see what I missed yeah. during that chapter because yeah. I've learned a lot, but I've, I've also missed stuff yeah. trying to get the next thing. Yeah. And so I think if I can go back and do it all over again and see, okay, you know, what did I miss in that chapter that I should have learned? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's so exciting. That's so having that year to look back on. Yeah. Like, These are the learnings. Yeah. Okay. I have two questions from that. Okay. So you've given up the, if this, then that thinking. Yep. Um, that is so important. I think yeah. if this, then that will get you in a lot of trouble. I have my reasons, but it's not about <laughs> me. It's about you. So yeah. why did you give up that thinking? And what, when you had that thinking, what was the biggest pitfall? Yeah. So I think the first part of the question is why did I give up? If yeah. then, then yes. That. Yes. Um, so I think I gave it up because I think you have to look at your vision, mm -hmm. right? You have to look at where you want to be and you have to look at where you are. And so you have to understand that where you are is due to the thinking, the actions that you did prior to that, mm -hmm. right? So I'm in this situation because I did this, 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 and that leading up until this point, yeah. right? And so the then part is who you actually want to be, right? It's like, yeah. if this, then that, okay, you know, when I get $10,000 a month, then I'll invest into my business or in reinvest back into the business, but you have to start thinking, what would 
25K a month or I don't know, whatever number it is goal, right? As an example, right? Just playing with numbers here. What would that person do? Not the person that money aside, right? Because I think a lot of business owners make decisions make off like what they see in the bank Mm -hmm. and like, you know, looking at all of your revenue, your income, all that. I think they make decisions like that. But it's like thinking about what would you do if you had that thing, right? And then you, you have to work backwards. You can't say, hey, you know, once I start making X, then I'll reinvest in my business or then I'll reinvest into marketing like we know these people say. And lead gen, it's insane, entirely different conversation. Yes, um, but it's so pertinent. It's so pertinent. It's like you have to make decisions as your future self because everything you've done up until that point didn't serve you. Or mm. not necessarily that it didn't move you forward, but it didn't get you to where you want to go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. something has to change. Yeah. Yeah. Something. Yes. And why do you think, how did you recognize for yourself yeah. that this, if then, then that thinking wasn't the way to go about it? Was it something you learned from your potential customers yeah. from the business? How from me? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There are 17 hours of yeah. conversations a day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where did you pick yeah. that up? What was the day you woke up and said, okay, no more if this than that. I'm just going to yeah. be who I, I'm going to look at who I want to be. Right. And I'm going to work backwards. Right. And I'm going to make the right proper investments. And I'm right. going to do the things I need to do to get exactly. there. Exactly. You know. Um, so I think hysterically, I mean, you're laughing, but seriously, I think you, um, hmm. a, a little bit to that. Um, because I think it starts with the belief, right, is... I think the only reason why people rationalize with if is because they think they might not get there. Mm. And right. And so if you don't believe you'll get there, then you take those if decisions. Well, what if it doesn't work? Well, what if this, all this, what if, because you're missing the belief, right? And I think that's the biggest part is, a, is, is the belief. So once you believe it, I think that's when you start taking actions towards the thing, the goal X, Y, Z, but until then, you're always making, well, what if it doesn't work? Or what if this? Because you're not there yet. You're just not there yet. And you don't believe that you can get there yet. And so I think for me, like, that's when I noticed that, um, that you have to change, right? You have to change. And I would say that you kind of, you've kind of broke that down for me in a little bit more detail. Yeah. Um, and just my own findings, right? Of it's course. like I, I had to really think of, you know, how did I get to where I am? Right? Yeah. And something had to change. Yeah, you had to. Yeah. Um, because your success was related to your belief in yourself. Correct. And your belief in what you were capable of. Because if you didn't have that baseline, you could never take the appropriate risky actions Correct. to get to those points. So you right. had to first know that you could be that person or know that you could run that business right. or know that this would be the thing that people would buy. And as right. we talk to clients mutually, right. the biggest thing, the reason why people don't buy is a lack of belief in themselves. Right. And the reason why people consume content is because they're content right. with their life. Yeah. And that's why they're consumers. Yeah. Right. And when I think, it's less risky. Yeah. If I, if it's I just, easier look, to just look, if I just look, mm-hmm. then I don't really have to change. Yeah. So I'd rather look and not change because it gives me the option to not change. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think risk is perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's what is perspective. That's really good. Risk yeah. is perspective. I oh, think it really is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you may ask this question later, uh, but I want to say it so I don't forget. Yeah. If I could recommend anything to an entrepreneur starting or a business owner starting, whatever you consider yourself is fix your relationship with risk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Before you get into any of it. Yes. Because I think risk is perception. Yeah. Yeah. Fix your relationship with risk. 
and fix your relationship with your belief system. For sure. Right? Absolutely. Train it. Make sure you have the, yep. the right understanding of what it really is going to take because right. it's going to take everything you have. Yeah. And then whatever you think is <laughs> there at the bottom, it's going to take that it's, too. It's going to take Especially in the beginning. All of you. It's going to take everything and more. Everything and, and everybody's going to say you're crazy and insane. And yep. your friends are going to think you're nuts and people are going to talk crap. And right. uh, your family is going to yeah. tell you, hey, there's a great job right down the street. There's a great job right down the street at the thing. And right. then the, you know, and, we both uh, know that one. Yeah. And yeah. maybe your significant other, whoever... Yeah. Um, but that's the risks. And, and again, you have yeah. to fix your relationship with risk because if you have a good relationship and you have an understanding of the fact that it's only a risk because there's a lack of belief. Right. The, I always say if there is, a, is an ounce of a chance that it'll work, I've got to put everything yeah. into that in order to turn that ounce into anything more. Yeah. It's just what it's going to take. And I think people get really put off by the idea of such a minute opportunity mm. um, for so much effort. Yeah. And when you look around, I mean, it's almost like the lottery. Yeah. Because, you know, it's yeah. such a big number to get. For but sure. the winnings are such a low, you know, it's, it's, it's such a low variable that you'll actually win something. But people right. win. Right. And, and I you think, can win. And you can win. Right. And I, th but I think with business, where, whereas with, um, as, as the same with lottery is you can buy more tickets. And I think mm. with business, we have the same opportunity as, as we change who we are and our belief systems and our relationships with risks, like you say, right. we ultimately, we understand more, we deal with more clients, we grow, we do a year of this. And then we look back and right. we say every month, every failure. Yep is another ticket another that ticket. I just bought. Right. And now I'm closer to winning the lottery and yeah. now it makes sense. And if a failure is a ticket, let me fail. Right. Because every time I do, I'm buying another ticket, ticket. which gives you me keep going, keep going. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that's, that. that's really good. No, that's, uh, that's something that, you know, I don't hear a lot about like fixing yeah. your relationship with risk. So I'm glad yeah. you brought that up and we're going to dig into that a, a little bit more later. So when you think about your journey in the first year outside of fixing your relationship with risk, yeah. what are some of the things, maybe two or three things that really stick out at you that were points where, and if you only have one, you want to share, that's fine. The yeah. points where you were like, all right, I am like right here and it's almost <laughs> over yep. and it's, all, I'm just going to go away and just, you know, with, there's gotta be like, is there anything notable where you had to talk yourself out of that or yeah. any of that? I know it's a little raw, yeah. but I, I feel like I, you know, we, we go, yeah, there, we do sure. that, we get that. Yeah. Um, I think something I really had to work on is and we talk about this, right, is I, I was on that chapter, and this is, you know, not my, my first chapter, but it's probably, like, my my second or third month where I've, I've been, like, okay, optimizing thyself, right? I think mm. we were talking yeah, about yeah, that, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's everything regarding, yes. like, your sleep, your mindset. Are you meditating? And I'm not a person of, like, you know, long morning routines, but I think what we always say, right, is I think a lot of people think they have business problems, right? And, but what they don't see is they have personal problems mm -hmm. that reflect in their business, Right. And so for me, it was really looking at the personal side of me and saying, wow, this is the same exact thing that's showing up in the business. I need to change. Mm. Right. And it was and it was really hard because I think 
you know, we have these conversations with clients, you know, with people, for whatever reason, they have an issue. They're like, oh, it's the leads, right? And I was one of those people. I was like, oh, the leads are shit. Like, this is yeah. terrible. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not me, it's them. Like, yeah. they're broke. Whatever the case, yeah. right? Yeah, sure. And then I had to understand it was me, mm. right? It was me, and it was, it was me not showing up how I really wanted to show up. And so it was really taking a look, and it's like, it's not the business, it's me. Mm. Like, I need to change for this business to flourish because if I'm running the business, if I'm weak, how strong is the business going to be? Like, it just doesn't really make any sense. And I think really looking at those personal problems and look at your business and you'll see those same, those same problems showing up, right? Mm -hmm. Because how you do one thing is how you do another. And yeah. so I think that's been the biggest realization is I think everyone wants to say it's something else. It's the leads. It's the website. I need to do a funnel. They think they need to do all these different things, but they don't look at themselves. Really interesting. So it's almost like you went through this process of a, of, a, of an evolutionary path where you were so kind of down and out in the blame game a little yeah, bit and for sure. just, this is wrong and this is wrong and this is not working and this is Been not down working. the entire path the whole path yep. and you were like if i keep going down this path it's going to be over for me because yeah. i'm so in you know getting so deep into the blame game i guess and we right. all do it yeah um that I, I don't know if there's going to be a path back i'm like i'm losing right. the cord to the way back but yeah. then it clicked for you that if you switched to looking at yourself and what your rituals were right. and your personal stuff was and where that was and improving that, that could then reflect in your business. Right. And I think that we, we talk about this too, that we are the bridge to our business, especially early on. Absolutely. Right. We are a reflection of our business. If our business is shot, our life is shot. Yep. And vice versa. Exactly. But it doesn't stem from the business. The right. chaos is not in the business. It's <laughs> right. in the person. It's in the person. <laughs> but so, you know, I think. But it, it's hard it, to admit it's, because it's it like hurts. my fault. It hurts. It, hurts. it, it yeah. really hurts to say, "Wow, I'm the goddamn problem." Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It hurts. It, it hurts to say, "Wow, I'm not showing up how I want. I'm yeah. not doing the work. I'm not doing the outreach." Mm -hmm. You know? Did I track this? I remember I was talking all the sucks. time, and and I had to. Yeah. Remember I was telling you, and you're like, "This, this, this," and I'm like. How many leads do you have? And you're like this. I was like, that's not enough. And yeah. You're like, whatever. And, like, and I was like, how many sales goals do you have? Yeah. Well, it's not enough. And yeah, it's you like, know, it's just it, you know, it's, it hurts to say like I'm the problem and I need to do more. Yeah, yeah. And then you because, do. And yeah, then, but you, you can, do more. Right? Because it's like okay, you you you've seen the calendar. You know, demo queen. Right. Yes. It's easy to get demos, but I think understanding, like what happens with those, yeah. right? Like not, it's not a just about demos. How are you showing up, mm. right? 10 demos is a lot for one person that yeah. you take calls 48 hours out of the week, yeah. Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, 72, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But understanding like what's happening out of that. Are you, are you reviewing your sales calls? Are you taking notes? Are you, what's your follow-up process, mm. right? And it's easy to say, oh my gosh, they just didn't have money. Did you nurture them? Mm -hmm. Did you send them a case study? Like right. what did you do? Yeah to bring the sale closer yeah. because it's easy to say, Oh, they're just broke and they don't have money. Well, those false objections are great to justify. Right. It's really it's great. Like, Cause it's like, yeah, no, but yeah. it's, it's them. Yeah. They don't but have then, money. But yeah. They don't have money. And then they two weeks later it. you see they bought something else. They bought something else. And then some, <laughs> and then when it, what's really hurts is when the same person says the same thing. Yeah. The next person says, Oh, I don't, I don't. Yeah. 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 And then, then you have to start saying, Oh, two objections in a row. Like yeah, what's going well, on? Something's off. Is it me? And I think that was, pivotal moment literally mm -hmm. quite literally um is looking in the mirror 
like what what can I be doing and I could be doing more what should I do how should I change how should I evolve and then deploying that into your business 10x more yeah than what I was already doing because yes. I was already doing all of that but understanding I need to do 10x more to get to where I want to be 10x more yeah and I underestimated that greatly mm-hmm. like, oh yeah 10 demos is great a week mm-hmm. that's 40 demos a month one person taking the calls it's great yeah but understanding for where I wanted to be it was literally underestimated by far by far yeah by far how much work and capacity it's going to take when you think about the work you're doing on yourself and you've done on yourself because yeah. we've talked throughout your journey throughout this whole year we've right. been we've been um collaborating you really focused the last three four months i would say i mean at least publicly to me right. focusing on yourself you right. were focusing on your mindset and your morning rituals and routines and letting that kind of bleed into the systems of your business in right. a positive way what would you say are some of the main things that you've realized really help someone who's was feeling a little all over the place in right. their journey or maybe they're not even in the entrepreneurial phase right now they're mm-hmm. getting out they're, they're yeah. cutting the cord <laughs> from the corporate nonsense they're yeah. going i'm going out on my own that's yeah. it what would you say from a mindset internal perspective helped you the most in these last couple of months to make the right changes in the business and just move forward the right way what helped me in terms of like rituals specifically? Yeah, like or rituals, what? like what thoughts, what routines, what have yeah. you developed internally that f- make you feel more in control of what's going on in your business? Like on a day-to-day basis. Because yeah. you've been working on yourself. Been working you've been myself, right? thinking through a lot of different things. And, yeah. you know, you've been the fitness piece that kind of fell off for you that you brought back in. <laughs> so like that, you, that roller coaster. So is, like, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's one of them. Yeah. Is there anything specific um, around that that you want to share? I think with changing, I think honestly reading. Reading. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I wasn't a reader in high school. I hated reading. My mom used to force me to read. I'd be like, yeah, yeah and just open the book and yeah. just act like yeah. you're turning pages. I think reading, um, listening to podcasts and just really like strengthening my mindset. I say with, for anyone that's um, going to pull the plug, getting into the plug, right about to plug it in yeah. and get started. I think you really need to, like I've worked on it, but I think for anyone going into it, they really need to work on their relationship and their mindset before getting into business because I think there's a lot of routines, right? There's yeah. journaling, meditation, all and these you're types. doing a lot of these things. Right. Now. I mean, I, I'm, I'm doing them. Yes, and, yeah. I, and I've mixed up. I'm, I'm still finding like what works for me. Before yeah. I was getting up at 5 a.m., now I do workouts at 11. Okay. So, but I'm still working out. Yeah. Right. right. And so figuring out the path. Okay. The order for someone's going to be different, Mm -hmm. right? Some people may journal, they may meditate, they may pray, whatever that looks like for you. Um, I encourage someone to find that because I think one size doesn't fit all. Yeah. Um, but I think it starts with sharpening your development of your mindset, um, and figuring out what works for you Mm -hmm. because waking up at 5am may not work for you. I have personally switched that because I want to get my highest level priority tasks done in the morning first. Mm -hmm. And then I want to work out before I get on sales calls. Yeah. I find the energy gets me there. I'm like, Hey, just got to work out. Just ran, just lifted. I find that energy is, it's huge. I love that spark because I'm that I saw, spark that, because I you think, just want it. And yeah. Like, and, you go work and, yes, out and you, you get do it, it when you want it. And yeah. I think that before I was still working out because this is principle, right? If you mm-hmm. work out at 5 a.m. or 5 p.m., it doesn't matter as long as you got your work in. Yeah. And you agree with that. Yeah, of course. I think the thing is, is like just understanding um, I just kind of forgot my train of thought. That's fine. But understand, I think where I was going to go with that is what works for you 
And I was finding that when I woke up at five, although I was getting my work in, it didn't feel good. I felt lethargic when I yeah. came back. I just kind of felt tired because I I'd come and sit down or maybe stand up and start doing stuff. And I didn't really feel like it was done. Although it was done, I checked the box, I worked out. It didn't feel good, mm -hmm. right? And so it's finding what feels good. And I find that when I get my highest level priority tasks, whether it's launching a new campaign or doing some outreach, when I get that done first and then work out and then go take sales calls, I feel amazing. Mm -hmm. I feel amazing. I, yeah. and, and that's just what works for me. It's not what always worked. Right. But it's, you've got to try. Right. So, so I think the, what you're, what the lesson here is, and, and don't keep me honest, and yeah. I'm paraphrasing is know what you are going to do, what your activities are, right. but don't be stuck in how you do them. Right. Just make sure you, you figure out your natural path. Absolutely. And I think that's so good because there's so many people that tell you, wake up at four in the morning and then go to da 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 and right. Dwayne Johnson and I'm doing two workouts by seven <laughs> and whatever. Right. That's not really for everybody. Right. And I think that to, to squeeze a, you know, to squeeze yourself into those shoes, if you right. will, is not necessarily to get it done. You just need to get it done your way. Right. That's what it needs to get saying. done. It, it doesn't matter the time. Done. If you work out, yes. you do your prospect yes. and you, you do whatever you need to do. It's the question is, did it get done? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. You don't look at, Oh, did I do it at four 30 or five 30? Like, did yeah. it get done? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. That's, yeah. that's, You're that's totally good. Right. Yeah. That's really good. So let's talk a little bit about how you got into the business that you're in now. Mm -hmm. You definitely, cause we segued from high school into this <laughs> whole thing, which I think was really awesome about yeah. the mindset piece. Cause I've really wanted to touch on that first. Yeah. Uh, cause that's something that's been a big part of yeah. your journey for sure uh, for now, uh, right now actually. So high school Panera, you're working hard. Yep. 5 a.m. You've got this tick. Right. You're like, all right, I'm out working everybody. Right. And I think that's like such a Kobe thing, that yeah. Mamba mentality. Absolutely. That will to win, that I don't give a crap, like I'm obsessed. And just that feeling of knowing you're out working people. Right. And like while they're sleeping, you're working. Right. And while they're doing, you're working. <laughs> yeah. I love that, that mental training. So we're there. And now take me take me further, take yeah. me further down the, that path. Further down the path. Yeah, so I think yeah. we, we've got to jump from high school to college. Okay. Right. And so, so high school, that was kind of it. That so was you, kind of it. You developed the work ethic yeah, that was just like kind of Panera. That was great. You know, and then college, college, yeah. I mean, still had the same schedule and stuff like that, but that's actually where I started my first business. Technically was a babysitting company. That's right. You yeah. know that. Yep. Yep. Um, that's what I want to talk about. Right. So the babysitting business. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. So I started that and like everything else, like, I mean, I scaled that pretty, pretty big. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was making six figures. I was traveling. I, I had everything I wanted. I, I did everything I wanted. Um, but looking at Panera and looking at babysitting, right. There's two things that stick out. So one, I was not making a lot of money and two, I was making a lot of money, mm -hmm. but the same thing they have in common, it was an hourly approach. Right. And so from that point, you know, I realized I was like, Hey, listen, I'm making a lot of money. I don't necessarily like what I'm doing, but I'm like, when you're making six figures, you're, I, I mean, I'm 22 now. I was even younger. Yeah. Right. And so I it's was big money. way I mean, even, I, I was mean, even younger money for that. For the I was age. way younger. Yeah. Right. So, so I was 18, 19 years old. You know, I'd bought a lot of stuff, you know, you, 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 you splurge, have, yeah. you, you splurge a little bit, but yeah. I, I wasn't crazy. Right. I right. wasn't like your Louie and Gucci girl. I got yeah. a car. Yeah. Right. Good, I, and yeah. I brought my second car and I, yeah. it was just things that I wanted to have as an, you know, as an asset, um, rather than buying things. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so once I realized, I was like, listen, like I'm making a lot of money. I'm not necessarily happy. Like I want to start my own business, you know? And the way that kind of happened was I had got this last contract, one of my clients and I was making so much money. I was like, okay, actually probably need to file taxes. Yeah. Like I probably need to start being responsible. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, being a good citizen. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll just do like an LLC or something. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I did that. And I was in Aspen. I was like, okay, I was just tired of it. I was yeah. so tired of it. Came back. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with this. Just cut it. I'm absolutely done. Wow. It, the money didn't matter at that point. I was yeah. well over yeah. six, yeah. It, but it didn't matter at that point because I wasn't happy. Yeah. And I was constantly traveling with other clients. I was in Aspen, New York, New Jersey. I was constantly traveling, and mm. I hated that. I hated that because, it, you know, of course it's work. You're not traveling for leisure. And I got to say, I talk to a lot of, you know, traveling nurses. Yeah. And, you know, we have a lot of people here in West Palm that work on the yachts. Correct. And I see them, and they're like, yeah, I'm on a yacht, and I'm in, you know, wherever. Right. But I'm working. <laughs> but I'm working. I'm cooking. I'm this, I'm that. Like, it's not vacation. Right. It's not they're vacation. Yeah. It's not vacation. Yeah, right. And yeah. so at that point, I was like, oh, I, I started the LLC, or the business, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I was making too much money. I need to be responsible and start actually organizing the money. Because, you know, when you're- Did anybody in, tell you that? Or how did that? Yeah. Um, you got like, advice? I, had, I, was, I was talking to like, my dad. And, okay. Like, so you my got you had like, yeah, guiding so you I was there. like, okay, okay, now it's time to like, okay. maybe it makes sense to have something. Yeah, your but, dad's like, oh, uh, you made way too much to but me. But I mean, like when you're 18, 19, you're not thinking about taxes. No. You don't have any money in college. Yeah. You have no money. And you have no idea when you make some money, you don't understand You have no idea. Which so, actually is a separate, yeah, whole separate podcast we can start about <laughs> this broke ass education system. Yeah, <laughs> uh, seriously. Uh, and so that's actually what started. So I was, I, it was almost like that was just a holding for the money. It wasn't, uh, act, it wasn't like something I was like pursuing, trying to scale. It, it was just I had made a lot of money. It's like okay, actually, I need to start pursuing this and like actually be organized with the money. Yeah. Uh, and so once I came back from that last Aspen trip, I was, I was just done. And so kind of as I was transitioning out from my babysitting business, um, I had started doing a little bit because in, in babysitting, right? So, you know, Palm Beach, right? And we can talk about this because we're here. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of money here. Yeah, of course. Right. And so although. That's why we're here. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we're here. <laughs> so although I was babysitting, I was also basically the estate manager. So I managed everything from the kids to the house to the cars uh, the staff, everything. And oh, so that's kind of falls under the executive assistant basically. Yes. Cause yes. Th these people have businesses like sort of like who, a personal chief of staff, personal uh, chief of staff, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, so sure, I was like, okay, right. Hmm. Like, why don't I do this? Like for other people, yeah. why don't I just manage people yeah. for other people? Yeah. Right. So that's when like K executive 1.0 was born. Yeah. Which was the VA. Yeah. The VA business. Yes, that was I the VA that's business. That's when I met you with doing the VA exactly. business. Yeah. Uh, Actually, that might have been like version 1.5 <laughs> because <laughs> you were right. you were transitioning into B2B VA. Right. Because this is B2C VA. This, this is, was B2C VA. Man. So, so there's one point. <laughs> the evolution. One oh, yeah. yeah I was like, course. oh, wow. So I can manage people actually from home? Yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. So then that happened. Um, and then when we met, I was transitioning to more of the, the B2B VA. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I remember that. That B2B. <laughs> for the lawyers and all that. Yeah. And, uh, and you were kind of in the thick of it, like sort of trying to figure out the who and the yeah. what. And, but then something interesting happened. I'll let you talk about the nightmare, the nightmare and then, <laughs> nightmare and and then 2.0 and, and what you realize, but, yeah. but to get from 1.0 to 1.5 from going to the B2C to the B2B and like how you thought of that, was that based on, what clicked for you that you were like, you know what, I can do this for businesses and it's better because there's 
a more structured approach to it or what right. was it that, that drew you to yeah. that next phase? Do so you I remember? think for me, yeah, with the state planning and kind of that, that whole thing and managing that, I think the problem with that that I saw was that they wanted me. Ah, okay. And I didn't want that for myself. Right. Right. Like, to keep you in the Why would yourself? I want to go right. manage more people for less money? Mm-hmm. I could just stay in the babysitting, make six figures and be fine. Why would yep. I want to get into that? And, and people still want me and I'm overworked. Yep. Like that wouldn't really make any sense. You're still sense. selling time, basically. You're still selling time. Yeah. Right. So I was like, okay, why don't I sell other people's time? It's still yeah. time, but yeah. it wasn't mine. So I didn't care. That was like yeah. the step is like you start selling your time and then you start selling other people's time and then you start building systems. Mm-hmm. That's the evolution. And yeah. that's kind of, you know, what of you've course. seen I, I go through. So yes, that's yes. what kind of made me shift to that. Cause I was like, Hey, this is actually not cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like having all these clients and they all want me, this is, this is way more than I can even handle. You're one person. And that's the problem with B2C is because they expect you. Yeah. Right. They don't want someone on that you, you know, delegate because they don't, they don't see you as a business. They see you as a person. Mm-hmm. They wanted Kennedy and I didn't want it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I didn't want that. Yeah. And it's yeah. hard to position yourself as these other people when they built this relationship with you. And so if they refer somebody to even they're right. referring it to you, not to, you know, right. exact, if you will. Right. And right. you have okay. to think about like, you're in these people's house, you're mm. in the house, you're managing their bills, you're managing their finance, you're managing the kids. Oh, there's trust there. It's gotta be developed. There's no you way you could bring random. S- no yeah, yeah. way. I mean, there's right. no, there was no like repeatable way for me to duplicate myself. I see. It was going Very to be even more time, more yeah. money, right. but more time. Yeah. Yeah. That I didn't have. And you recognized that that's not what you wanted because you realized the secret is don't scale time. I mean, the secret is to scale time. Leverage time. Leverage it. Leverage it. Leverage time. It. That's yes. what made me get into like the B2B and then yes. more so we can talk about ICP and all that things. Yeah. Um, with kind of what I noticed there, which got me to K, K exec, I don't know, 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And so let's, yeah. let's go there. Let's, let's jump right into that. So yeah. You know, the evolution of the entrepreneur, the growth to greatness journey is so far we see that as you open up and get into the bigger box, right. you learn what you don't want and then you can pivot. Everything right. is this pivot. And Everything. it wasn't like you failed at the estate business. You just recognized what in the estate business wasn't scalable for you. Yeah. And you went and said, well, what is with that within that service? What is scalable? What right. is what helps me leverage other people's time versus my own so I can manage the people who then spend their time doing the things and ultimately I can buy back my time. Absolutely. Right? That's the whole process. So then when so then you went into the B2B side of things. Right. And so talk about that growth and, and just from the learnings and, yeah. and that whole world. Cause that was completely new to you because yeah. the babysitting was B2C. The, yeah. the estate planning was B2C. That right. was and B2C. So everybody knows Every, yeah. business to consumers, Consumer. people. <laughs> yeah. People, people. dealing with people, not people in businesses, right. private consumers, correct customers. Now you were starting to deal with people, but they were business owners yeah. of small businesses, practices, Absolutely. whatever it is. Local businesses, basically. Local businesses yeah. to help them. And there's a couple of things we realized. So what do we realize <laughs> as far as that goes? And, and just from the yeah. growth perspective, it's right. all learning is what do we, what should people know on their yeah. growth path when they're looking? Because a business is going to require a transaction. Right. What can they learn from you about B2B and about the way that you did it and what have you learned from that process of yeah. version 2.0? So I'll tell you how I made the transition. So, you know, we're in a business of outreach, right? Like we know how to yeah. run outreach, rebuild systems and stuff like that. And so during that system, I was finding just that 
business owners, entrepreneurs, founders, whatever you classify as, they wanted to leverage their time, meaning they wanted to delegate to another person so they could leverage their time to do higher, you know, leverage activities. Yeah. But the problem is there wasn't any enough, there wasn't enough money to support yeah. an asset is what we call it. Asset, virtual assistant, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, executive assistant. There wasn't enough money to support that person delegating. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was like, Hmm. So they can't afford time. They can't, aff- they can't afford the investment. Right. Cause you have two things. You have time or you have money. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they didn't have the money. So they had to do more themselves mm. because they couldn't hire someone else. I made a reel about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's they, either time or money. It's time or money. Go, which one do you want to save? So do you want to spend more money time? and yeah. get time or? You want to spend more time and get money. That's, yeah, there, there's, you really it's not have, both. It's yeah, kind of like can't, one or the other. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so I was like, hmm, they can't afford an asset or what we call a virtual assistant, executive assistant. So why don't I sell them leads? Yeah. Right. Why don't I sell them outreach? Getting their business out there because I think, Ultimately, what was happening was people would hire NASA and then, you know, when they couldn't afford anymore, they would cancel. Mm-hmm. Right. And that doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't mm-hmm. serve me. It doesn't serve them. So it's like, okay, why don't I, we start doing outreach? We start doing whatever version of the system you need to then support the asset rather than trying to get the asset, trying to support the business. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to support the business first. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the business will then support the asset. You can't do it reverse mm-hmm. because what happens when the business isn't making money? We right. can shop. Yeah. yeah right? You tighten things up. You tighten things up. And the first thing that goes and is the, f- the external things. The, the first VS- thing that goes. Yeah. Right? And so I think if you could do it reverse where you're making money, then that opens the doors for everybody. More yeah. opportunities, more job labor for people mm-hmm. to get opportunities and job, et cetera. You know what I think is interesting? The underlying thing that I want to mention yeah. is how when you're trained mentally to pivot, mm-hmm. you don't like... And this is what I was noticing with Pivotal Founders and some other businesses because I've pivoted. It's a yeah. name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I made it that. I right. made it Pivotal because it will be Pivotal in the end. Right. <laughs> but exactly. on the way, we're going to pivot a million times. Exactly. And what I want to surface for everybody watching and yeah. where you talk about it so smoothly, but you may not even have realized at the point where you said, oh, they don't need delegation and whatever, they need leads, 99% of the people would have quit by that point. Like that pivot was a massive failure because that business is over at that point. It's over. It's a different business. You have to totally rebrand That's what I'm saying. Yes, it's a complete switch. So when I say pivot, I mean, this is a direct right right angle pivot. I was still selling. I I mean, I had nothing. I knew nothing about systems. That's right. And, And it's funny because I use a system to get those leads and those opportunities, but I knew nothing about selling a system. I was right. still, you know, you were I was still at selling the point, people's time. I was, I was leveraging time, but I, I had no idea that I could sell them a system. Yeah. That was yeah. insane to me. Yeah. You know, I was like, wow, like, and I can have a leaner team, less people, yeah. like yeah. less to manage, make even more money. It was yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> system is the key because people don't want to, they want to manage anybody. That's right. clear. Clearly. Right. We know that. Right. Which is what we don't, we don't want to manage, manage people. people. We no. want to build systems right. and then enable people to operate those systems. Right. So, or, or let technology operate those systems. Right. Overseeing a process or a system is way better than having somebody be the system. Right. right. And I think that pivot 
while it restructured your whole business was a shift in the right direction. But I wanted to surface that if you run into that brick wall where you're saying, wait a minute, I'm realizing my process is delivering some results, but my customers don't need what I'm selling. How can I rework the process to give them more of what they actually need? And so what you did was you use the same process you did to locate the VAs, but instead right. of using that system to locate the VAs, you use that system to locate the leads for the Correct. customers. And the leads themselves. Absolutely. And so that shift requires you to go, I'm not stopping until I figure this out. Right. And I think that's the 5 a.m. Panera, and right. that's the get up, and that's that whole it's just obsession of yep. like, I'm just gonna keep going, and you know things just happen to come along the way. And that's right. a really cool thing yeah. that, uh, people need to know and yeah. you you have done many times and that you will have to do many times no right. matter what you start. Yep. And at that time, did it feel scary? Did it feel Oh my gosh. It felt crazy. Yeah, my, it felt I was like, like oh, my, oh my god, I square one. This is everything I knew. Yeah, like and now everything it's, I right. out the door yeah. because I know nothing. Right. Now and I think that you know, the biggest thing I can say is like once you pick a niche and we've, I've had nightmares from that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> picking a niche, you know, finding a starving crowd as, you know, Alex Ramosi says, but it's, yeah. it's a nightmare, man. Yeah. It is. And I, and I think the biggest thing I can say is once you pick one, you figure it out Yeah. because once you switch, you lose everything, everything, you yeah. lose everything. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, okay, I was offering the service actually to women entrepreneurs, um, that had businesses, but I'm like, okay, why don't I just sell this thing instead of changing the niche, right? Because we had, and I need to talk to you about that, right? It's like, is, is the audience women or is it men? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's like, don't be romantically like in love with the niche. Find yeah. what works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like if you need to switch, you switch, but understand like everything you've learned up until that point about that niche and that research yeah. is out the door. Is out the door. If you switch. Yeah. So the best thing I could say is stay in it and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why you're sticking with it and the reason why you chose that niche too is because you wanted to work with those people you right. believe that you could genuinely help those people right. you realize that the, those people are are part of an ecosystem that you want to be a part of you right know, when you're working with your coaches and your consultants and the, right. the female entrepreneur absolutely that passion that desire will help you kind of get right. through some of the harder times. Right, for sure. And other people have tried to sway you out of that space because there's a lot of solopreneurs and there's a right. lot of false starters in the in that type of industry yeah. as, as, as with any. Right. And it's difficult to... Uh, you know, weave through the crowd of people for people that are ready to make, to make the investment in themselves. Cause that's ultimately right. what you're looking for. And that's all thing. I, mean, yeah. I think one thing I even to say on that is with, for anyone who's even thinking about switching niches is understand if your excuse is well, they don't have money mm. or they don't need it or they're not interested. There's people not interested and don't have money in other niches. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's it doesn't, it's not have. just you yeah. that feels like, oh my gosh, these people are broke and they don't have a need or whatever. There's, there's issues in every niche. Yeah. Right. And so I want someone to really think about that when they think about switching niches and yeah. thinking like, oh, it's Or even niche. picking one. Or even, yeah. Like you can't just go, oh, but those people don't always have a lot of money. Yeah. That's everywhere. That's everywhere. There's a lot of lawyers that don't have money. Yeah, there's a lot of to, these that don't have money. Really there's a lot of You really have to go anybody. where you like because there's yeah. always going to be problems. Yes. There's always yes. problems. Yes. Right. But I think you would much rather have a problem with where you're happy at. Yeah. And what, what you want to be doing. Yes. Right? Right. I'd rather be talking to 
whoever my niche is, even though they don't have maybe the resources and learning how to help them find those resources. Yeah. And I think that scarcity comes from a lack of belief in themselves. Right. Absolutely. I don't believe that people don't have the money for most of the things they say don't have the money for. Yeah. I do not believe it because the line at Starbucks is out the door (laughs) and ain't nobody got $7 for a fucking lot. For a latte. Right. <laughs> all right. You just don't. Right. But they're out there anyway. Right. So the credit cards are zinging. Right. right? Exactly. So swipe them. Right. Right. But you believe when you buy a cup of coffee. Right. That the cup of coffee will give you that zing because that caffeine and be works good. and it's going to be good and it's right. going to work. Yeah. Because it's going to work in keeping you up. Yeah. And even then, they, people find money for Starbucks. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They don't care. They're yeah. finding it. They're finding that's They're $7. finding it. So we know because they know caffeine works. Exactly. And so when I approach it this way and I say, well, I'm going to be the caffeine. Yeah. How do I become the caffeine in whatever business I'm in? Because I need to make them believe I'm the caffeine for whatever it is that they want because there's right. no way they won't buy it. I Absolutely. need to be that addictive substance. Right. And so I think when people don't have money, when they say they don't have money, it's a false objection from a lack of belief, from a scarcity mindset that they themselves has built upon themselves. Right. And us as professionals, we're really, we know our service will or will not work. It's marketing. It's a gamble no matter right. what. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, it, you know, you don't really know what's in the coffee you're drinking how much right. caffeine it really is you, you just, just know the coffee. you just buy the coffee yeah. and you know uh when Maybe i by the time i finish yeah, Who knows? you don't know by the yeah. time you finish it whatever right but you expect certain things to happen and right. so i think with what we're doing in business in every business needs sales people shy away from it yeah absolutely. it's you need to know that that caffeine is going to be the belief in yourself right. that you can utilize whatever resources provided for you. You just need to believe that that process is valid enough for you right. to work. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, and so I think that, um, when, when, like you said, when picking an, uh, a niche, picking people that you can connect with, that you can relate to, that right. you can banter with, that you can motivate, that you can show, Hey, I'm that caffeine for right. you. Like, cause I get and your I business. Think, yeah. I understand. And I don't right? want to yeah. forget. I think yeah. sales has changed. Yeah. Right. And so if someone doesn't believe you, you've got to almost share that caffeine with them. Yeah. Definitely. You've got to share that energy. You have to channel that energy because they're already getting on the call. They're scared. You know, the moment they, they're scared, <laughs> the moment they schedule the call, something? the moment they schedule the call, they're scared. What are you going to sell? How much does it cost? <laughs> what are we going to do? They're literally emailing before the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Like, how much is it? Yeah. I'm like, geez, relax. Yeah. But you don't even it, know what I do. Yeah, it's a billion dollars. <laughs> you don't even it's know. a dollar. Are you going to just give somebody a dollar when you don't, you know, it doesn't it, it matter It wouldn't even yet. matter how much it, it is. It doesn't but matter I think yet. Sales is about change. And so, so funny. even when they don't have the caffeine, even when they don't believe it, you've got to share some of yours. Yeah. You've got to share it. Yeah. They've got to feel that on the call. They've got to feel that energy that you had the belief in your product. Yes. That you could walk away from the sale. Yeah, for sure. And you've got to share that. But caffeine. that's, that's, that's the best point because it only, and it works really well with niches that you relate to. Right. How can you share the caffeine with somebody when you don't want to be in the business? Right. If you exactly. don't like who you're talking to. Right. If it was a tech if, company. I'd yeah. A tech God. company or, <laughs> be like, you know, we hate attorneys. Okay. Apparently. You just don't you know? have it. <laughs> we just okay, keep talking whatever. shit about attorneys. Yeah. No, like, no we love attorneys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that is really important. And when you look at a business, you go, what, who in my family yeah. is this profession? Let's say, or who am I, right. if you're 
parents or tech founders, go after tech. Right. Because you've got a story to tell. You've got a story. You've got the caffeine yep. to share. You can have a, a yeah. cup of coffee with them around that. And right. they might exactly. believe you because they're they're buying your belief in your, your product because they don't believe in themselves believe right in now. Themselves. And by nature of that, they're not going to believe in you just right. yet. Just exactly. Your confidence. And that's the key. Yeah. Is yeah. if they don't believe in themselves first, they're not going to believe in you. Yeah. No way. That's, that's right. why you've got to share that caffeine. And then that helps them sort of start to do it. And then when you actually get some traction and some results, then they start to believe in you and then in the nature. Of exactly. Believe in them in themselves. Uh, absolutely. When you uh, think about your business today versus what you were doing a year ago, what would be the one thing, the one thing yeah. that you would do differently? One thing I would do differently. Hmm. In this, since it's a one year anniversary, so one year, 12 right. months, Yeah. one thing you would do differently. Yeah. You could take a second. I know that's a good one. Yeah, it's a really good one. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good one. Uh, I, you I, got I had, me. <laughs> I had it in the, in, the, in the hopper, man. One thing I can change differently. Hmm. I had it in the hopper. Okay. I think a lot of people, you know, they say if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready, right? Yeah. Um, but I think there is no real moment when you're ready to start a business. Yeah. You're never ready. Like, I'm still not ready. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I've learned yeah, a lot, and I, yeah. I'm still like, geez. Like, you know, you, you learn a lot. Um, I don't know if it would be falsely to say, like, hey, you need to work on your development first, or I wish I would have worked on my, my personal development Thinking even yourself more. For, uh, well, yeah. Even more. Well, listen. If that's just in terms of, like, risk, money, like, all of that, right? I think if I, if I could have spent some more time with that, Really planning out your really planning that, but but, but but then again, like that's the thing. I think it's falsely because you can't. Right. You can't, and it would it would lower your capacity if you planned all this out. Because it would change. It you would change yeah. if you knew that you were going to get your goal in six months. You'd work a little differently. Mm-hmm. But if you knew it may take a year, you may bust your ass. Yeah. And yeah. it's not knowing it's it's not knowing the stuff. That's when the character, and, and it's amazing, you know, to see like how much you can do when you have no choice, mm. right? And so I think maybe working on your personal development a little bit more, you know, healing your relationship with money and like risk, like maybe that's helpful. But I think honestly, like you've got to get into the weeds. Yeah. You just don't know until you know. Yeah. Right. And, and it's those challenges, those that, you know, just everything that comes up, that's what allows you to like surpass what you've already done. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Kennedy, this was so good. <laughs> this is gonna, this is, uh, I've been dying to talk with you like yeah. this one-on-one, even though for about three months, at one point we talked at 5 a.m. for an hour. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on. For sure, This Thanks was for having so me. awesome. Yes. Kennedy Rogers, K Executive <laughs> Solutions, details in the description. Gotcha, Episode three, Lockdown, Growth to Greatness podcast. I'm your host, Paul Masters. CEO of Pivotal Founders. I'll see you in the next one. Bye, guys. Peace. (laughs) See ya. Bye.